0: Hello, and welcome to episode 13 of the Casual Try Hard Podcast. I'm Brian. I'm James. And we're back at uh, the home base, back at the Casual Try Hard Studios.
1: Yeah, uh, that was an interesting week last week for sure.
0: Yes, so we're still waiting on the video, so if you're like, they sound sexy, I want to see them, <laughs> you're going to have to wait. As soon as we get as soon as we get the info, we will send it out to you so you can like be like, I was wrong, they're not sexy. <laughs> <Or> <laughs>
1: at least me. My, my wife thinks I'm sexy.
0: And that's all. that's all that really matters. Yeah. Per usual, you can find us on uh, the Twitters at Casual Tripod.
1: Uh, you can find us on Facebook at Casual Try hard MTG. And you can also email us at Casual Try Hard MTG at gmail.com.
0: We are kicking around the idea of getting a, our personal own independent website. We'll see when that happens.
1: Yeah. Um, our friend Juan from last week, who was helping us with the video episode, is uh, trying some stuff out for us. So. Hopefully that pans out. And, so,
0: yeah, we'll, we'll be more professional. Yeah. Uh, we can't become the professional Try Hard podcast. Like we, <laughs> have, we have to stay casual.
1: Yeah, there, there's only so much profession we can handle.
0: This week we wanted to kind of touch on travel and how to get to events. Yeah, we're going to talk about a whole
1: bunch of smaller topics this week instead of just one one great big topic.
0: I think the first thing we want to talk about, though, is a little bit of the hype for the War of the Spark.
1: Yeah, uh, War of the Spark looks awesome so far. I was uh, a little worried when I heard the uh, Planeswalker in every pack gimmick and how there were going to be 36 Planeswalkers in this set. But so far, the spoilers look great. I don't think the Planeswalkers are going to overpower anything. The way they did them is kind of nice. Yeah, um, it
0: was kind of, uh, kind of what we had said initially, mm-hmm. where it might just end up being their... Kind of like enchantments. Yeah. And that's kind of what the direction they went is they kind of have an enchantment feel with their like static ability. I kind of like the static ability. It's neat. Yeah. So you have a reason to keep it around, but mm-hmm. it also like the uncommon ones aren't busted. Right. So we wanted to not we're gonna do a full-on like spoiler episode
1: yeah and I think we're doing that with one also so you'll yeah. be able to he'll be able to pull the cards up as we're talking about them and you can kind of so follow can, along with us yeah actually see them
0: but we wanted to just we're assuming everyone's watching spoilers we want to talk about stuff that has us excited yep I think the card we both agree on, Nicobolus Dragon God.
1: Yeah, Nikki B.
0: You wanna want go through what he does? I like brought it up for us here. Sure.
1: Uh he is a five mana planeswalker, but there is no generic mana in his mana cost. So he's a blue, three black, and a red. I think that's the first time they've done that for a planeswalker. Yeah. His static ability is that he has everybody's abilities. Any Planeswalker on the battlefield, any of their loyalty abilities he can use. That's pretty exciting just by itself. Yeah. His plus one there is you draw a card.
0: Yep. So you draw a card time. and each opponent exiles a card from their hand or a permanent they control.
1: Yeah, so that's uh his plus 1 is basically a 3 for 1 if you count him still sticking around, right?
0: Yeah, and he goes up to 6 uh, five loyalty at that point. So he's yeah. five mana for four loyalty.
1: Yep. And then his neg 3 is a destroy target creature or planeswalker. So he has a way to protect himself.
0: And then his ultimate is very clean. Yeah. It just says... Uh, you win the game. You win the game. If your opponent yeah. doesn't control a Planeswalker... I'm oh, sorry, a Legendary Creature or Planeswalker... You win. Y- you win. Yep. Much better than having to tuck yourself and yeah. uh, wait for your opponent to like give up.
1: Infinite to fairy loops.
0: Yeah, he's just like, you win. Yep. Thanks for playing.
1: Yep. I'm a big fan of Bolas. Um, I can't wait to start brewing with him. Yeah. He is a card that makes me want to sleeve up islands, and that doesn't happen very often.
0: Yeah, I bought twelve Ionizers because I was like, "Well, you can't cast sinister sabotage and you can't cast absorb, <laughs> but one red and one blue you can cast." Yep. So we're gonna we're gonna try that out.
1: It also works really well with all the great black removal since he's so heavy in black.
0: Yeah, like Verasca's contempt, and then like the criminally underplayed like Bedevil. Bedevil, yeah. Right, kill a creature, planeswalker, or artifact. It discovers Yep. Everything. It's kind of like mortify plus Veraska's contempt. Yep. Kind of all rolled into one for. Black, black, red.
1: There's actually another card that's really close to Bedevil that I'm also pretty excited for in this set. And that's uh, Angrath's Rampage. Okay. It's a... Uh black and a red it's a gold card instant i believe I think it's a sorcery is it a sorcery i
0: am desperately like scrolling through mythic spoiler to try to find these cards so we don't sound like idiots yeah we
1: were uh, a lot more professional rampage there we go
0: sorcery yeah
1: it is a sorcery choose one uh the first one is target player sacrifices an artifact uh the second one is target player sacrifices a creature and the third one is target player sacrifices a Planeswalker. So this is a pretty solid removal. Can get around Hexproof. Yeah. Deal with Planeswalkers pretty easily and efficiently for two mana.
0: Your opponent sixes Teferi and you like try to bedevil it. And then they counter your bedevil. You're just like, okay, fine. On my turn, two mana. Yeah. Get rid of it. You've taken care of it. Yep. And you're not too far behind. Or like if they stick a Carnage Tyrant, this yep. is just a clean answer to like a big dumb. Mm-hmm idiot so yeah
1: the format was kind of lacking in edict effects and now we've yeah. got actually two pretty good ones this yeah. is this is the first one that i'm pretty sure is going to see some play um the second one isn't on my short list i'm sure we'll talk about it
0: at some point yeah
1: when we do our official war of the spark video do you want
0: to do one more that has triple black in this casting cost
1: oh i do i, I we kind of talked about this in our uh in our group chat today it's a uh, bolas's citadel so. it's a uh, three generic and then black 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 for a legendary artifact
0: so you can look at the top card of your library at any time
1: yep whenever you want to Whenever
0: you want in case you forget yep uh and then you can cast so you can play so you can play lands you can play lands on top yeah. you can play the top card of your library and if it's a spell mm-hmm. instead of paying its mana cost you just pay life right equal to the spells converted mana cost
1: yeah so it gives the top card of your deck basically phyrexian mana or half of a phyrexian mana since you're only paying one life instead of two for like every card in your deck it just seems broken man
0: Apparently, Aetherflux Reservoir, which I think I still have a few of, yeah. apparently has gone up a dollar.
1: It hasn't spiked super hard, but a dollar, like it, it going up a dollar as a rare from a massively open set that just rotated out of standard kind of says something. Mm-hmm. Um, that card was bulk. It was basically bulk.
0: Yeah. My first thought was just, I went and looked up all these standard creatures and spells that just had gain a life on them yeah i hadn't quite figured out what to do after i played my entire deck yeah with like revitalize and then the one that gains you four life yeah and then the creature that gains you four life, just like just a bunch of dumb stuff to churn through my deck mm-hmm. and then figure it out from a bunch of permanents. Yeah. The last ability on both Citadel.
1: As long as you're uh, playing permanents, the last ability is going to be what takes care of the game. You can uh, tap it and sacrifice 10 non-land permanents. Each opponent loses 10 life.
0: Seems solid.
1: Yeah, I would say so. This seems pretty solid.
0: You just play a bunch of stuff and tap it once. Yep. maybe you play kiora yeah the new Kiora that untaps a permanent yeah
1: and you just get them yep just get them I'm, I'm actually a pretty big fan of kiora too
0: there's there's some crazy stuff in this set there's an angel death star that we need to <laughs>
1: the angel death star that's a good way to put it uh <laughs> looks yeah. like a giant flying anvil yes yeah
0: yes super unplayable and i think also wildly that's... unplayable
1: but also awesome
0: yeah, like if someone does this, like yeah. they just they're going to feel great. Yeah. That'll be for another time. Yep. We wanted to interest you guys in a game.
1: Yeah. Um, I know we had mentioned something about a game during our finance episode and we've been hard at work trying to find a way to bring it to life. Um, unfortunately, I don't think we're gonna be able to do it in the fashion that we wanted to. So we're gonna play a version of the game that we play every pre-release with all you guys, our listeners. We're gonna let you spend 25 imaginary casual try hard dollars on pre-orders for this set. What what do you want to do? By the time the next core set comes out, or what kind of so. length of the time you want to? Give I think
0: them? the next core set. I know it's not long enough to like hit on all of your specs but yeah. usually you yeah you find out pretty quickly
1: all right so by the time the uh core set drops over the summer we'll go through and see whose virtual cart did the best uh, mm-hmm. whatever the peak was for that period of time is where we're going to assume you sold and then we'll crown a winner
0: go into whatever your pre-order Site of choices. Yeah, there's
1: a bunch of sites that do this. So start,
0: it's like Star City or TCG. Channel Fireball. Channel Fireball are the, are the big ones. Yep. But go in and build a cart that spends $25 yep. on cards mm-hmm. and take a screenshot of it and then tweet it at us using the hashtag cth game yep then at the end depending on how many of these we get i can go through and just figure out yeah. what the peak was if i get like a thousand like we really like hit the big time hey here. man
1: if we got a thousand listeners we're doing pretty good
0: i'm gonna, I'm <laughs> gonna make them i'm gonna make them tweet their tweet their max card at me yeah. i'm not gonna i'm not gonna do a thousand carts but then we'll figure out and I said who had the uh yeah, the highest uh, amount, and we—I uh, think at least I came up with a reasonable piece of uh, podcast memorabilia. Sure. For the winner. But yeah, so we're going to try that and see if people enjoy it yeah. and see if we get a little engagement and we'll we'll do our own. We'll tweet out our own.
1: Absolutely. I think it'll be a fun little game. Also, if you're not super hip on Twitter, like some of us, maybe you're an old fart that doesn't know how to work it, like some of us, um, you can also email your cart to us at uh, casualtryhardmtg at gmail.com.
0: I have seen you tweet. Like uh, yeah, it's bad though, man. You know, you don't want have, to rely on that. I've seen you tweet. <laughs> I still keep. I have two accounts on my phone: my personal account and the podcast account. Yeah, I have tweeted some things on the personal account. They're supposed to be on the, on the podcast <laughs> account, and vice versa. Like I had to like go back and like, oh, gotta delete this. I'm, like, thankfully, I'm not a politician, and people aren't just like screen capturing yeah. these constantly to embarrass me. with Look friends. at this magic nerd. Look at this nerd. <laughs> Why? Why is he liking cuckold porn? <laughs>
1: oh boy all right that went down a different rabbit hole than i was expecting (laughs) actual
0: senator okay yeah it was an intern yeah i'll blame the casual tryhard intern who is my cat (laughs) (laughs) that's that's who did all the bad stuff so all right so a couple cards we're excited about yep and then play a game with us we're gonna try to play the game yep if you got
1: any questions you can tweet us or email us or whatever also and hopefully we can explain it to you i think we did a pretty good job though yep
0: definitely got Spend the 25 across. 25 fake bucks yep and then at the we'll at the end we'll figure out whose cards like where, where the peak was and when you sold them
1: yeah oh yeah you don't actually have to buy the cards don't so. actually buy the well, well i mean you can if, if you, you want to, to but yeah. uh, you don't actually have to check out just yeah just take a, take a picture of, of the cart yeah
0: and be like all right this is my 25 dollars yep and then we'll go from there so and don't go over yeah.
1: chuckles yeah <laughs> don't go
0: over oh 27 is pretty close to 25 no it's no, cheating
1: 25 dollars is your max
0: If you spend 24 50 fine <laughs> you can find a 50 cent uncommon and just yep. be like this is gonna be it Yep. all right we're gonna give that a go so next up is gonna be how to travel in style
1: well i don't know about in style but how to travel not hatefully and on the cheap
0: non-hateful travel huh
1: Yeah, there's been a a trip or two that I may not have been a part of, but I have heard about that uh, had some less than ideal conditions.
0: I I had a pair of socks that could never come clean after how dirty that hotel room floor was.
1: Yeah, I'm glad that we, you know, tend to keep things a notch notch higher than
0: that. Yeah, so we're going to talk about driving, the hotel search, and then food. Yeah. So... You are usually the wheelman.
1: Well, I, I don't mind driving. I have lots of experience driving. and
0: Your car has four doors. My
1: car has four doors.
0: Pro tip, get a coupe. No one wants to ride in the back. You <laughs> always get to be the <laughs> rider, not the driver. Yeah. I, I thought about that years ago when I bought that car before I played Magic. I was like, I'm going to I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> get people with this thing. And you did. So we usually try to get like three to four people in the car.
1: Yeah, I think. Uh, well, yeah, depending on the car, for sure. Um, like a step back. Okay. We usually try and travel with, like, four people. Yeah. There's, I don't think there's too many trips we've been on that were less than that. Like, overnight
0: trips. Yeah. yeah it's usually four people. We try to do it in one to two cars. Yeah. Now, we have had we had one trip that, like, no one can leave at the same time. So yeah, that like, makes it kind of awkward. It was, like, two people in one car, three people in another, two in another. I think one person drove by themselves. Yeah. Uh, so, we've tried to drive, you know... Make it as easy as possible, mm-hmm. and uh, usually someone volunteers for that yeah. for that duty. So that's the easy part. Like you're, you, you know, your car. You, yeah, you know if it's going to make it. Right. Um. We've only got one speeding ticket. Uh, <laughs> as as a group. I don't know what you're talking about. That was kind of my fault <laughs> because I screwed up. I screwed up part two with this hotel. But. Yeah, it's fine. So then I usually end up booking the hotel. Mm-hmm. I
1: there's a reason uh, for that though. Yeah.
0: So I one I I have a. A Hilton membership, mm-hmm. so I like the Hilton hotels. We've said have all been nice. Yep, they usually have a free breakfast. Yep, uh, and they're clean. And they're clean. I usually do that, and we've been able to. We got one trip where I think we got a we got like a free hotel because I had saved up enough points, so I was able to just book the yep. book the hotel room for free. Uh, so that's that's a plus. Yep. So for the hotel, like you're trying to like strike a balance between like cost. And distance to the event. Yeah.
1: Um, a lot of times, especially in like a big metropolitan area, um, there will be a hotel like right next to the convention center. Um, typically, they're expensive, though. Yeah.
0: Like in Richmond, we usually stay like 15 minutes outside south of the city. Yep. Uh, right across from uh, you know, where they make Marlboro cigarettes. Yep. Um, <laughs> but it's like. 85 to, like, $110 a night. Yeah, and the hotel's nice. Yeah, and the hotel that is, like, right across from the convention center is, like, $180
1: yeah.
0: or $200 a night.
1: Yeah, I think when we used to do uh, GP Charlotte, mm-hmm. um, me and Nick a couple times have stayed at the Westin, and I want to say that was, like, right at $200 a night.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah it's a really nice hotel. The but... Hilton,
0: like, right across from it, it's, like, hundred and. 20 130 dollars a night yeah and you like just walk right across the street like yeah. walk in the back door yeah by the uh the uh, uh nascar hall of fame mm-hmm. Ooh. <laughs> um so yeah so usually like i try to kind of figure out what the options are mm-hmm. uh for the hotel and then i try to like let everyone know like okay here are my options how many people are going this is really important to nail down yeah early how many people are going that so you know how many people have to drive and how many hotel rooms you have to get right you have to make a choice depending on like the group you're going with some people are okay with like sharing a bed so getting like two queen beds for four people is fine sometimes it's nice to be the big spoon uh (laughs) um but then other times the people are like, you know, I don't want to share a bed. So we've done it where we've had to get multiple rooms or yeah. someone will bring like uh, an air mattress. Yep, that's happened we, a couple times. Yeah, we've had the air mattress like right in that spot between like the beds in the bathroom, that little dinky hallway. And you have to like maneuver over the person in the air mattress to go to the bathroom or to go like work out in the morning. Yeah. And you're like, I don't want to kick this person in the head. <laughs> uh where did they put their glasses i don't have their glasses like it's a whole ordeal sorry nick yes yeah, sorry nick and logan logan has been the person like yes. on a pile of blankets on the
1: on the floor and uh to be fair i'm i'm one of the uh i want a bed to myself kind of guy yeah and you know i'm 36 years old whatever and i i, I, I want my
0: own bed fair. Fair. But so for the most part like i try to figure out how many people are going so that I can nail down how many rooms I need. We need to figure out how many nights. Yeah. So we need to figure out if we're going to go up like Thursday so we can do kind of the Friday before the the GP of the Magic Fest. Yeah. Do that. And then we usually try to leave on Sunday. Sunday night. Yeah. yeah. If I run hot or James runs hot and we win the thing, I think we'll spring for, yeah, we'll that, spring for the hotel. That's a like good problem up, to have. To we'll worry about it, it. then. Right? Like, I can, like, push class back. Like, yeah. whatever. <laughs> Here's a video, nerds. I'll see you us Tuesday. Yeah. Daddy got paid. Uh, right? But that has not happened for the most part. Yeah. We have uh, usually left, like, in the afternoon. Like, we try to go in and on Sunday morning mm-hmm. and, like, maybe... Play a couple events. And then play a couple events. There. I know that in Baltimore, the last time we went, I was live to, like, top 32, a legacy event. Mm-hmm. I finished 34th. Ouch. Uh, got no money. Yeah. And drove back with Anthony, who is a saint, because <laughs> I was like nearly asleep at three o'clock in the morning <laughs> in the back roads of South Carolina. Yeah. Uh, I was a little like delusional. Like, is that, a- what is that in front of me? Oh, just road. Okay. <laughs> I think it's a ghost. <laughs> yeah. So we usually try to stay like, you know, Friday, Saturday, leave on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, most of us don't have infinite vacation days to burn. Yeah, I wish.
1: By the time like Sunday around two o'clock rolls around, most of us are pretty burnt out. You're kind of done. That's a lot of magic in a weekend.
0: Right. So things I always try to look for in a hotel is one like, is it clean? Mm-hmm. Uh, so the hotel in question, what happened was is we didn't thoroughly know when we were going to go up. Yeah, and uh, Nick forgot to, Nick Charlin not uh, <laughs> forgot to uh, book an extra day of hotel at the not. Disgusting place. Yeah. And so we stayed in like the first floor, which was underground of this hotel. It had like the little like cellar windows are like a foot tall. Oh boy. And when you looked out, we were four feet from a train track. Oh, cool. And so it was
1: like being in prison.
0: <laughs> and I, uh, I like was like walking in the hallway with my, just like my socks on, on the phone and my socks turned disgusting black. And the free breakfast was like three boxes of cereal and a cold bagel. Oh boy. It was it was rough. Yeah. I think we ended up getting bojangles. No, there was there was a, a waffle house across the parking lot. Well at least there was house. a waffle house to go to. Um but I usually Hilton's have been good to us. They've been clean. They and have, they got that rewards program. They had the rewards program, which a lot of places have. Like I yeah. just latched on to Hilton. Uh yeah. and then they have a. Uh, breakfast is always good so i always try to make sure there's a place with a free breakfast so that's like one less thing you have to like do in the morning yeah it makes it nice too and you save and you save money you're not like spending money on mcdonald's
1: you save a little bit of time too because you don't have to go somewhere else you can just kind of eat breakfast
0: and and like leave right from there it's like oh we're gonna leave at this time and everyone can eat and go yeah
1: it's also kind of nice for our group um because we're like kind of varied backgrounds and everyone is a little bit set in their ways and has like their own morning rituals Mm -hmm. Um, so it's kind of nice to be able to filter in and out of breakfast, like as everybody has time to in the morning. Yeah.
0: So like, so when like I get up in the morning and I work out and I come up back and like take a shower and then mm-hmm. someone can like go get breakfast while I'm in the shower or like, yep. or, or whatever that is. So it's, it makes it easy. That yep. There's like kind of that freedom as opposed to being like, Oh, we all have to wait and we all have to go. Mm hmm. And like once we find some place that is good, we typically go back. To go it. back. Yeah. Uh, make sure you know where the event is. Oh yeah, this uh, one's important. So when we went to DC last, uh, which we're going to DC for uh, Magic Fest uh, for the Magic Fest that is going to be uh, the war the modern horizons modern horizons yeah. pre release.
1: Yeah, that's why we're doing this little travel segment because we're yeah. th- these are things we're thinking about right now. So yeah. we figured
0: we'd share our thoughts with you. Um. So the last time we went to DC. We thought it was downtown. Yeah. So we got a hotel right on the metro line. Mm-hmm. It was in this really nice neighborhood. Yeah, it
1: was a there was a sweet little like main street you could walk down. There was a bunch of restaurants.
0: Yeah, it was great. Uh, except for the GP wasn't in downtown.
1: Yeah, it was in Dulles.
0: And it was it was a long way away. It was a long drive.
1: Yeah, it was like forty five minute drive yeah, away.
0: Yeah, it's it's a it was an abandoned Lowe's. Yeah. So we were in the total wrong part of town. Yeah. And there were, uh, so we're going back this time. So we know we're in the abandoned lows in, in Dulles. <laughs> yeah. So I've just gone and Hilton has not had a good option. Yeah. So hopefully we're we're going to try the comfort in. But like I just go through and like, you know, if you're going to share beds, you mm-hmm. want to get a place that has queen size beds. Right. It's a little less important if you're all going to like be on your own right. in a bed. But you definitely want to have queen size beds if you're going to share. Mm-hmm. If you can find like this the these rooms this time have a sleeper sofa.
1: Yeah, that's really nice. Uh,
0: so like we can let's say it's easy to put like a third person like not on the floor. Right. It has free breakfast. And it's only about a mile from the site. Yeah, I that's don't great. think it's walkable, but it's like a three minute drive kind of on like a back road mm-hmm. that connects like one shopping plaza to another. Yep. So it makes it way easier. But you want to try to get like your your plan solidified early. Yeah. Because for the most part, Magic players don't plan well. <laughs> yeah, not really so at all. So if you wait too long, you're not going to get... Um, the best deal. The best deal. And you might not get the hotel that you want because yeah. people are going to start uh, like running into them towards the end. Yep. Also, not hotel related, but register early. Like yes. If, you, if you've decided you're going to go, it's not going to get any cheaper the longer you wait. Yeah. And... I have seen people and like read stories about people who have showed up to GPs to register for the main event the day of, and they're like, yeah, we're all full up.
1: Well, there was a GP New Jersey. There was a group of guys that went from our game store that went and showed up, didn't pre-register for the event. Not only did the main event sell out and a couple of them could not play in the main event, but the fanatic packages sold out also, and they could not register for side events. They were doing, like, on-demand side events as the very last thing, the only thing that was open to them because everything else had sold out.
0: Yeah, and, like, with GP or Magic Fest DC... Since it's the uh, Modern Horizons pre-release, yeah, there is well it's release, release weekend. weekend. Yeah, there is a chance that that's going to be very popular.
1: Yeah, I imagine it's going to be very popular. Yeah,
0: I, I think the only barrier might be the fact that it's
1: a hundred dollars. I don't think that's going to be a barrier. Typically, like the Mid Atlantic events are geared towards the like, non rotating formats. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of people in that area yeah. interested in this event. Yeah, there's
0: a whole like there's a huge legacy scene yeah. in like the Mid Atlantic, DC, Baltimore area. Yeah. so like make sure you get in early and then the other thing is food and I didn't know where you wanted to go with this so where do you want to go with
1: well I mean it's it's nice to have a familiar place to go after the event and not try and hunt around and try to find some place to eat like there's been times where we would show up to an event like the first time we've been to a city or whatever if the venue's different and you know you can spend an hour and a half like just trying to find a place to eat yeah. Um it's kind of nice to like already have a place nailed down, already have a plan before you start. We have some of our, I don't know if you call them favorite because they're just where we go every time, but good restaurants that we go to every time we go to a city. Yeah. Um when we go to Richmond, we go to that weird like British pub down the road with the robo girl. Yeah. When we go to Baltimore, we always go to the same crab cake place kind of nice to have that plan
0: we actually pick the airport hilton because it is only a three minute drive from the crab cake place and when you look for hotels as well you can almost like there's almost like rings yeah right like the there's a ring so far out from downtown that everything is one price and then there's a ring further out where it gets cheaper and there's a ring further out yeah and it's like figure out like how far out you want to be Mm -hmm. is how much you want to pay But, yeah, we, like, pick places based on, you know, that place based on, like, its proximity to that restaurant. Yeah. Also, when you're out, like, there's an Applebee's, like, right down the road from you. Mm -hmm. But there's not weird British pub thing. Right. There's not. I was with, I think we were, it was with Anthony and Logan. It was at Richmond. It was, like, on the Friday and we, like, ducked out a little early. Mm -hmm. And we were walking trying to find a place to eat. And I was just like, we're going here. And it was like a Korean-American fusion restaurant. Oh, that sounds cool. It's like right like two blocks from the convention center. Hmm. I was like, we're going here. And they are like, what? I said, Korean food's awesome. Let's go. And Anthony never had Korean food before. And I was like, order this, order this. Like, this is good stuff. Uh, my lab mate in grad school and then a girlfriend for a while. We're both <laughs> Korean. So I am, I am well-versed in Korean food. All right. Try to find something different. Yeah. There's no reason to go to like some random chain restaurant that they have like, at your house when you can go to like some cool small place you've not been to before you got to roll the dice a little bit maybe it's like eh, but like if it's full and there's like a line or something like it's good yeah it's not gonna be bad now we've still been trying to get to in richmond there's this like soul food place called like oh i forget what it's called but i've tried to go to it like twice Hmm. and it's always like people are like out the door it doesn't matter what time it is it's just packed man and i'm like Like, Anthony and I almost stood in line, but it was going to be, like, two and a half hours to get a seat. And I was like, no. Yeah, that's that's too much. It's, like, 930 at night. Like, I can't possibly do this. I have to eat today.
1: I still got to get you guys to the vortex, too, next time we go to Atlanta.
0: Oh, I've been to the Vortex. Well, nobody else has. Yeah, the Vortex is awesome, by yeah. the way. Well, I, got, I took you guys to the Varsity. Was no, I you? didn't go to the Varsity. We went to uh, I was we were down in GP Atlanta like two years ago. Uh, the convention center, it's the World Congress Center, is like right down the road from like the original Varsity that's right at the edge of Georgia Tech's campus. Yeah, and they're like we were gonna go, yes we're gonna go to Varsity. They're like what? I said you've never been. You've got to get an <laughs> FO. You've got to order stuff. You got to wear the stupid paper hat. You got to do the whole thing. So I took them there because I lived in Atlanta for like 2 years. So yeah. like I've done I was like this place is good. We should go here, blah 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 blah. I forget where our hotel. Oh, we were staying clear up like by Emory. Oh. So like cuz I knew that area and I was like, "Oh, mm. this restaurant's good." And then like but I like made them go different places. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like if there's someone who's like lived there like if we went to like GP Syracuse, right? I'd be like Sure i'll show you the sites in syracuse (laughs) yeah yeah no again those sites might just be an applebee's like this is the best we got it won't be an applebee's i know
1: where to eat in syracuse yeah
0: but my my point being like if you have someone that's like from the area or like you know someone that's like lived lived to play like hey where should we go yeah like take advantage of that like Mm -hmm. it's like kind of a vacation yeah right so i I mean it is a vacation you're
1: spending vacation time to go usually
0: yeah so don't like eat crappy food right register early
1: register early it's important
0: have a plan. Get your plan together early. Like, yep. we're trying to... I'm trying to book the hotel rooms in the next two weeks. Like, uh, once, yeah, like Hopefully, like, next week. As yeah, long as we can get everyone, once everyone together. everyone, like, is together. Yeah. I am going to uh, get a comfort in rewards uh, program. You might as login. well. It saves, like, $3 on the registration. And maybe yep. we have to stay at the dullest Comfort in again. Sure.
1: Uh register early. Register early. I'm already registered for this event. I registered as well. Yep. I believe Nick said he was already registered.
0: Yes, CFB events. It takes like two minutes. Yep. And then that's something you don't have to worry about. Oh, here's another thing for
1: traveling to a big event that uh you just reminded me of. Okay. Is have your DCI number on your phone. Yes. Because when you go, not only do you need it to register for the main event, but when you go to play in any site event there They use your DCI number, not your name. You have to actually punch it in when you register. Mm -hmm. It just so happens that a DCI number is 10 digits, just like a phone number. Yeah. So if you save it in your contacts as DCI number, you've always got it there.
0: Yeah, that's what I I do. Yep. So it does make it easier. And... Eat good food. Yeah, you might as well. Channel Fireball does, like, these little, like, three-minute videos. Mm -hmm.
1: Star City does sometimes, too. I know Cedric talks about it a little bit.
0: Yeah, but they do these three-minute videos that are, like, the city tour Mm -hmm. or the city guide to whatever city the GP is going to be in. They're okay. Like, they might give you, like, they're sometimes, like, go do some touristy stuff that's not the GP. Yeah, I don't know if I'm down for that usually. But but, that might be something you're into. Sometimes they might, like, have a restaurant suggestion, like, oh, this place is good. You know, that's something that takes minutes to like watch like yep. some guy named dennis tell you about a city you've not been to sure so next up i guess since we're gonna go to a modern horizon sealed event we're gonna talk about what we hope to see in modern horizons
1: yeah um mine are kind of weird so mine are i didn't for all of them, give a specific card. For some of them, I kind of gave a type of card that I think is either going to be reprinted or we're going to get a new card for.
0: We each made a top 10 list yeah. of cards we wanted wanted to see slash thought we were going to see. So right. that, depending on the card, some of it's more like a wish. Yeah. And some of it's something that like we actually think we're going to see. We took great pains. Neither one of us has seen the other one's list. Yeah. So
1: in our... Uh, collective google drive i actually labeled mine brian don't read this (laughs) yes so
0: we. i have no idea what he has down yep he has no idea what i have down so we're gonna you're gonna get our honest reactions to whatever craziness we think should or we would like to see in modern
1: and i have two honorable mentions you want to start with honorable
0: mentions sure i have a few okay
1: uh my first one honorable mention i put it as honorable mention because there's no way it actually makes it into modern
0: ancient tomb Okay.
1: I would love to see it. There's no way they do it. No. Yeah. Way too powerful. Way too broken. They're
0: they're scared of fast mana. Yeah. I have a few honorable mentions. Some of them might actually be things on your list. Okay. One, because I'm a degenerate, is give me careful study.
1: Uh, That is not on my list.
0: Give me careful study. (laughs) That's also too good for modern. Okay. (laughs) It's a blue sorcery, draw two, discard two. It's faithless looting without the flashback. Right. Another one, I was also trying to think of cards that would either open up new archetypes Mm -hmm. or strengthen other archetypes as cards to bring in and take out Mm -hmm. and i thought doomsday would be super interesting as like it would open up like the lab man deck so doomsday if you aren't uh rowan is uh (laughs) black 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 force sorcery yep exile your graveyard and your library and then you have a five card library. You may yeah, have to keep your hand.
1: You basically tutor for five cards in your library. And that's your deck. You can put them back in any order and exile the rest.
0: So in Legacy, there's a Doomsday deck. And yeah. like the five cards you got very yeah. based on like what your hand was, yeah. what your opponent had on the board. Mm-hmm. And so you had these intricate stacks where you could try to win by storming off. You right. could try to win by drawing the last card in your deck with a Lab Man in play. Like so, there were these all these like interesting tiles yeah. you could make, and like it would just be a different kind of deck that Very modern different. doesn't have. Very different. Very different. Another weird small one: yeah. Wall of Blossoms. Oh yeah, that would be
1: good. Every we have time... Wall of Omen, right? That's modern legal. Mm-hmm.
0: Like every time I see the Legacy Cube and I see Wall of Blossoms, I yeah. assume it's in Modern, but yeah. it's not, and I'm like, why isn't this here? Like this seems to make it makes more sense than Wall of Omens. It does, yeah. Right? like there aren't a lot of like etB draw card white creatures yeah and there are a ton of green ones that do that I don't know why we don't have wall of blossoms yeah that's
1: weird I had one more on okay. honorable mention and this may not be an actual card. I mean, I have an actual card written down, but more like a type of card, Um, and that's something for a cycling deck. I don't know if it's Astral Slide or Fluctuator or what the deal is. I think that it'd be cool to have a good, powerful cycling payoff, Mm -hmm. like Astral Slide, and then do either for their rare cycle, they could finish off the cycling duels, or at a common-uncommon, they could do the um, cycling, uh, the common lands, I forget what. What they're called, but the ones that cycle like for one on color mana.
0: Fertile Thicket. Yeah, Fertile <laughs>
1: Thicket, uh, Baron Moor. Yeah. Yeah, those like ones. Like the ones that lands play.
0: Yeah. And that could open up... A different archetype. A different archetype because it, it would open up a new loam deck. It would give you just like this this way to like accrue value and get your loams back and protect yeah. them surgical and stuff. This card is more... Again, it's not... I don't think they would ever print this card. Mm-hmm. And it's Argothian Enchantress. Oh, yeah. Right? Because they don't like Shroud anymore. Yeah. But another... Enchantress. Enchantress. If it had Hexproof, it might be too good because yeah. like core uh core spirit dancer is like right on the edge like it gets bigger but it also doesn't have protection right another enchantress to like drive that deck Mm -hmm. yeah that'd be interesting because that's a deck that's like at the fringe but is missing is missing kind of that one more like boggle one more like kind of pay off yeah so i thought that would be interesting well,
1: it would be cool it'd be neat to give it to give boggles another dimension instead yeah. of just being the guys with pants deck it'd be nice to give it like a little bit grindier
0: yeah like it's gonna draw some cards yeah like maybe you make a card that like gains hex proof if it has two or more enchantments on it mm-hmm. so there's a little bit of play yeah. initially but and it draws you a card so there's right. a little bit of play initially your opponent has a chance to respond yeah but if you can sneak the second pair of pants on, then you like you have your like Voltron robot built. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. So there could be something there just to give that deck something else because it's a deck people like to play. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm not a big fan of Boggles, but I think if it had more of an Enchantress feel, yeah. um, I'd be more apt to pick it up.
0: My last is a pair and I don't know if they would do it. I don't know if I want them to. Like okay. Strix and Shardless. So Baleful Strix and Shardless. Oh, that Agent. was your honorable mention. That huh? was my honorable mention. Oh, that's
1: a little bit higher on my list. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, there's there's some people at the store that are that are a hundred Shardless agents deep. Yeah, I
1: didn't go that deep.
0: So we're gonna work down from ten to one. Yep. And we can like briefly explain what our thought process was. So I'll let yep. you start off. What's your number ten? Uh,
1: my number ten is, as are a lot of things on my list, because I like to play the mid rangey fair decks. Um, something to help out mid-rangey fair decks. Okay. Uh, my number 10 is Pernicious Deed. Okay. So it's a colorless green and a black for an enchantment, and you can pay X, and it destroys everything CMC X or less.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like a, a more restricted, uh, oh gosh, Engineer Explosive. Yeah. Right, yep. it, ca- it kind of fills like catch-all answer, yep. and lets you, like, but you can, like, put it out, like, it's a different installment plan. Right. And, like, you, so it gives you, like, Yep. Basically, your opponents can't play too much to the board. Mm-hmm.
1: It's a it's a reset button. Yeah. Um. It. I don't think it's too powerful for modern at no. all. Um. I don't even know that you necessarily always play it. Um. But I think it would be a neat include as a, another tool for the fair decks.
0: Okay. So my number ten uh, recruiter of the garden.
1: Oh yeah, that's a good one.
0: So again, like I'm not a huge Death and Taxes fan, mm-hmm. but having Recruiter of the Guard in Modern to go get the right hate bear. Yeah. Uh would give the deck a little more play mm-hmm. and might bring it up to a point where it's actually more playable than it is yeah. now. I mean it's it's waxed and waned like when Death Shadow was good. Right. Playing Mirror and Crusader was great. So you yeah. just play Death and Taxes. Yep. But Recruiter of the Guard would be a way to like have them actually be able to get into their toolbox.
1: Yeah. That does seem like the kind of deck that wizards would want to push also.
0: Yeah it's like a creature kind of fair deck yep that i mean they really pushed it in, in legacy, legacy like yeah. like there were like three cards in like one commander product that just went directly into right the uh the commander deck the into the death and taxes deck yep so it's your number nine
1: my number nine is uh an interesting piece um I think it could see play in a few different strategies and possibly enable multiple archetypes, not just one. Um, Although I don't think it super helps out any current existing archetype. Okay. That's Gamble. Gamble's my number five. I think Gamble's great.
0: I think there's a question of, is it too
1: strong? I don't think it is too strong.
0: I mean, there is like the, I mean, we currently play a deck that you discard cards at random from your hand. Like the random element is something that's already kind of in modern. Well, right,
1: yeah. And like that deck in particular is just looking for bulk. Like it's yeah, looking just, for volume. It's not yeah. looking for a specific card. cards. I'm just saying, like,
0: the, the fact that it's a random discard is yeah. something that they would like shy away from. Yeah. I just don't know if like a one mana tutor for anything, maybe lose it. I mean, it, there might yeah, be like know. a land strategy. We don't have like payoff for lands. Some like Merit Lage Jr. Where you like get a a 10-10. Uh, or, <laughs> Comes or, into play with five ice counters and you get a 10-10. Yeah, something where it's not like as yeah. win the game now. Yeah. But it will like enable like a lands type strategy. Mm-hmm. My number nine is something that I put here because everyone says it's going to happen. Okay. I don't really want it to happen. Okay. It's Counterspell. Just um, pure blue-blue counter target spell.
1: I devoted an entire line on my list to something along those lines something
0: to, like counter spell yeah so what number did you have like something like counter spell uh
1: number two number two number two yeah do you
0: have like force on your line was it like you force? want me to
1: skip to number two real quick yeah
0: well like, uh, okay I hit on it, go up to uh
1: where. my number two is actually a free counter spell i don't know if it's necessarily going to be force or force of will although i'm not convinced the force is too strong for modern but i think it would be what differentiates legacy from modern so mm-hmm. i don't know if they want to make the formats too similar yeah um but there are other cards that do something similar to force of will that aren't currently in modern they could put in modern foil misdirection thwart mm-hmm. are all like free ish yeah. counter spells um that could kind of fill that role i don't know if any of the others are good enough to do what force of will does, but I think it would be interesting. And then, as a side, I said in lieu of free counterspell, we get actual counterspell.
0: The only the only <clears> thing <throat> I that concerns about free counterspell is in modern we have pretty much eliminated all the free spells. Right, we're kind of left with gut shot, mutagenic growth, and surgical.
1: Well, those are actual free spells. You're talking about actual free spells, though. Yeah.
0: Well, well, things that don't cost mana. We've like gotten rid of a lot of the things that don't cost mana in modern.
1: The ones that you're speaking of though cost you life instead of mana, mm-hmm. which is a significantly less cost than another card. Yeah. Like a card from your hand is worth more than two life.
0: Yeah, that's the only thing. Is like just like yeah. modern. Modern has stopped being the place for free things so what's your number eight
1: uh my number eight is another one of these catch-all ones um where i don't necessarily have a specific card i was thinking of but my number eight is a reanimate spell okay that's my number two okay uh not actual reanimate i don't think we get actual reanimate but i think something like necromancy
0: they have like that card i think too complicated to like print it's like super weird yeah right enchantment
1: you can play at instant speed speed. if it's not
0: an enchantment yeah it's weird yeah modern lacks a reanimator deck yeah like you have grishol brand and it's like part reanimator yeah but it's like all in combo yes
1: it is very much all in combo
0: like we don't have like i have like reanimate slash animate dead slash exhume as like a list at number two and that would build an archetype but i do think those are too good i think there's an argument, like, Animate Dead is, like, super awkward. Animate Dead, templated. I think, has
1: the same problem as Necromancy does, it's, where it's, it's... just, like, weirdly templated. Uh, yeah.
0: You know, if it's an enchantment, then, like, if you enchant, like, your hexproof thing... Right. Like, you can still blow up the enchantment. Like, it makes the creature fragile. Yeah. Um. As opposed to just, like, here, here's my inkwell Leviathan. Yeah. Or, realistically, here's my grizzle <laughs> brand. Yeah. Uh, right, so if it was, like, non-legendary creature mm-hmm. to like eliminate just like bringing back grizzle brain and iona and Elishnorn so
1: like the opposite of uh gorio's vengeance
0: yeah yeah something something like that where it, it's restricted and there's mm-hmm. a deck building cost but it like lets a reanimator deck exist exist
1: now i haven't researched this at all so i could be wrong but there's nothing great that like just puts a card in your graveyard though right no it's still so we don't have like entomb in modern
0: Don't have entomb to the best of my knowledge we don't because I would have found it. We yeah. don't have entomb. We yeah. don't have we don't have like entomb light. And I don't know if they would give us like entomb is like your discard outlet and your fatty in yeah. one card. I don't think they would give us that. Like that's yeah. too much. Like yeah. if they give us the reanimation spell, I think they're going to make you work for work for the other part of it. The, the other part of it. Yeah. But I think that would be an interesting way to build an mm-hmm. archetype that doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. I agree. Number eight. I, we're just going on cards that I like. Sure. Uh crop rotation. Oh yeah, I like crop rotation. That's uh that
1: that's further down on my list.
0: Further down on your list. Where is it out for you?
1: Uh I that's three. That's three? Okay. Three, yeah.
0: Again, this was like balancing like what I wanna see versus how likely I think it is. Yeah. It might just be too good, like a like. There's the drawback of you got to sack your land. Yep. Yeah. But like one mana, find whatever land piece you're missing for like Tron. Yeah. Like if you go like if your hand is like forest crop rotation Tron piece. Yeah. Your hand is two Tron pieces. Right. Okay. Cool. I can work with this. Yeah.
1: I I wasn't actual crop rotation, um, but my number three was a lands piece. Okay. And I made a note in here that whatever they print has to be very careful because it can't push the other archetypes too much. Something like you just mentioned with crop rotation pushing Tron, you also have to be careful pushing the primetime decks. Like if you print a piece that's just good for lands in general, you have to be careful about making those archetypes too good while trying to foster another archetype. So I don't know if it's crop rotation, exploration is probably too good. Number seven. That's yours, is exploration. <laughs>
0: Yeah that no no, it's it's too good. Yeah.
1: But I, I was thinking something like Mana Bond.
0: Mana Bond would be interesting. Yeah.
1: Or it's a burgeoning, is that the other one?
0: When your opponent plays a land, you play a land.
1: Yeah, and I thought those would be, you know, a little bit more balanced than just straight exploration. Okay.
0: Mana Bond, for those who don't know, is like one green mana, play all the lands in your hand and then discard your hand.
1: Uh you have the option to You have the option. Yeah, yeah you mind. don't have to, but yeah, it's, your, it's an
0: enchantment yeah. and you have the option to just play all the lands in your hand. At your end step. At your end step and then yeah. discard the rest of your hand. So like no in lands they usually play like one or two usually At least they it's used just one to. i think yeah you have a hand that's mana bond and six lands right and you just put your whole hand on the board yep and you did it and if your hand is like mana bond and three lands and a life from the loam in A punishing fire. Now you're living you the good it. life. You put your lands on the battlefield and you get your uh life of the loan back. Yep, it's a powerful card and it yep. would maybe enable another archetype.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think Mana Bond in particular is one that would push an actual lands deck, but not necessarily you know the Titan
0: decks or Tron decks. So, okay, we, we said my number seven. What's your number seven?
1: Uh, my number seven is Wirewood Symbiote. Okay, in lieu of that, some elf piece, but probably Wirewood Symbiote is probably the yeah. one that would help that deck the most lets you it's uh one green mana for an inst or uh, insect 1-1 one, one Insect. 1-1 one, one Insect. And you can return an elf to your hand to untap a land. It's what make one of the cards that makes Legacy Elves tick. And I think it could definitely put Modern Elves on the map.
0: It gives you a way to, like, rebuy your Elvish Visionaries. your yeah. Shaman of the Pack. Yeah, so you yeah. just have a way to, like, you can kind of combo people out.
1: Yeah, that, I mean, that's the problem with the deck, is that once it runs out of steam, you're kind of done. And with something like Wirewood, you kind of add in an element of ine- inevitability. Like, yeah, you, yeah. you're not just a bunch of one ones that are hoping for a lord to come along you actually have something you can do yeah
0: and with like an over visionary and enough mana you can like draw like multiple cards a turn you like get on your turn bounce it play it again bounce it on their turn play it again on on your turn and you just like yeah it's almost a build your own glimpse of nature so my number six is a good clean fun okay it's a fair balanced magic card because it's symmetrical I, i bet it is okay flame rift okay burn is okay mm-hmm. it's not great and just trying to push like that is like your entry level modern deck to some degree yeah and may want to push that up a little bit and make it a stronger archetype it it's, did like,
1: uh just get a couple new toys though
0: yeah like people aren't huge in the online up the stage and
1: really yeah like, I, I mean I, I haven't played it but
0: i i know people have tried it but i don't know if they're like all in on it and then skewer the critics yeah but i just thought flame rift is like a clean mm-hmm. thing like there is like a a little like back and forth where like cool you're like okay we're racing you're racing against phoenix Mm -hmm. and you're like well if i flame rift us they bring back a bunch of phoenixes i die yeah but if they don't i get to kill them next turn so there's this like tension actually like makes like a reasonable gameplay decision Mm -hmm. and that's like something that's a little a little lacking in that deck right now yeah it's just like that like last push so i thought that'd be an interesting thing because people were like shard volley like it would take like the shard spot kind of thing
1: yeah absolutely so, my number six is another card for uh, mid-range decks. Okay. <laughs> it's uh, Toxic Deluge. Okay. I think would be cool. Might make the Death Shadow decks a tad strong. Maybe. Yeah.
0: Okay, for the uninitiated, two in a black, sorcery, yeah. pay X life, all creatures get neg X, neg X to end of turn.
1: Yep. So, basically, it will never kill your Death Shadow. Ever. Ever. Because... Either you'll
0: be dead or you'll be dead, I guess. You get your your opponent to, like, 12 and then you toxic. Well, no, I guess you can't kill them because, like, uh, they're at 6 or something and you, like, toxic for 6. You go to 1 and then you, like, kill them. Yeah. Yeah, good times. Yeah, so
1: it it might make Death Shadow too strong, but it's a great sweeper that comes down a little bit early that would help fight, like, the humans matchup or you know any of those other creature based yeah. decks uh, i thought i thought it was interesting and worth a shout out
0: so we already did my number five what's your number
1: five? uh my number five is another card that enables a whole nother archetype uh that's veteran explorer okay i don't think it would break the format because it only gets basics and it's symmetrical it is but i think that people like ramp people mm-hmm. like stompy decks and i think veteran explorer is probably a a good way to I make mean, a stompy deck
0: we have his second best friend Kabal who's that? therapist
1: we do have cabal therapist. Works mm-hmm. well with a uh, veteran explorer. Yeah, he's not
0: quite for cabal therapy, yeah, but he's close. Yep. So my number okay. four is for a very specific archetype: it's goblin lackey.
1: Okay, I did not have goblin lackey.
0: Just uh, one mana for a one-one when it deals damage to the opponent. Put an elf into play. Goblin, goblin into play. Goblin. Yep. Put a goblin into play. Yeah. Also, like you could do like goblin matron. Yeah. Just think, something to like. I
1: think ent- goblin matron's a little safer than goblin lackey.
0: I mean we already have the Goblin Instigator that's like the double strike guy for Red Red.
1: Yeah. Well he's not double strike, he's too uh inst- is it Goblin Instigator brings a friend with him?
0: No, Goblin Instigator when he hits someone, you gotta put a a a creature, a goblin into play. And I think he has double strikes so you can twice. Oh, okay. I think. But like something to push like the goblins archetype, like, just kinda like wirewood symbiote would yeah, push. Push elves. Yeah. I mean goblin lackey right now, like people aren't even playing it that often in legacy elves, just be uh, Goblins. Uh, the legacy goblins. <laughs> I'm getting the little green men and little red men confused in legacy goblins because like, well, they weren't when Deathrite Shaman was around because like, yeah. you know, like played your lackey and then your opponent played like a one, two. Yeah. And then they just bind to your goblin lackey and you're like, wow, this is awful. Yeah. So yeah. So what's your number four?
1: Uh, my number four is... A card that is too good and a very obscure replacement for that card. My number four is him to Torah. Okay. Is too strong for Modern. Um, I do not believe that him will actually get reprinted into Modern. But there was a card that was reprinted way back when that I do not believe is too strong. It's Gerard's Verdict.
0: Gerard's Verdict.
1: Okay, what is this? So it's a white and a black. Okay. It's a gold card. Opponent discards two cards. And if they discard a land card, you gain three life. Huh. So it's kind of like him, but it's not random. So they don't have to they, they don't, you
0: don't run the risk of like double stone rating them. Right. That's interesting. That is yeah. that is a deep cut.
1: That is a deep
0: cut. <laughs> That's a deep deep cut. So what's your 3? Do we already do that one? Uh my 3 was a land's piece. Yep. Land's piece. Okay. Yep. My 3 is my deep cut. Okay. Multani's presence. Okay. It is one green for an enchantment. Okay. If a I believe was, if a spell you cast is countered draw a card
1: oh so it's like shaper and sanctuary for counter spells instead of blowing your guys up
0: yeah do you know what deck this enables in legacy no it's cheerios oh okay you cast you play a chalice on zero i got gotcha. you play maltani's presence and then you dump all your in this case xx huh. uh uh guys <laughs> that i've bought a whole stack of uh this is then my, you just, just do, draw your deck <laughs> and you draw your deck and then you grape shop them yeah and that's how you and that's but it, mm. it 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 enables a different like storm combo. It's fragile. Okay. Like yeah. you need like two pieces, and like your opening in has to be like chalice, a way to yeah. get Multani's presence on, the, and then like you just have to hope you don't brick. Right. But it is it, it like lets you do right. something mean, you, different. Like
1: you said, it's fragile too. It loses to yeah. a whole bunch of disruption. To,
0: like, everything. Yeah. Like oh, I I have a way to blow up an artifact. Yeah. I'm dead. Oh, I have to global enchantment. enchantment. I am also dead. Yeah, disenchant the hard, the hard stone right. And
1: like you know, one of the most popular decks in the format right now is the rock. Yes, which plays main deck assassins trophy and abrupt decay.
0: Yeah, but like that one was, was like that like would enable a different yeah. art. Was probably it might be fun and just and like if it's used in the way it's intended. Right, right offers you like some protection against like counter spells and mm-hmm. and those kind of games. Yep, okay. interesting. Yes, That one I had thought of. So your number two was the free spell. My number two was the free counter spell. My number two was, again, the re- a reanimation spell.
1: Okay, so we're to number one. We're to
0: number one. What's your number one thing you hope to see reprinted?
1: Um, my number one was one of your honorable mentions. It was Baleful Strix or Shardless Agent. Okay. I don't think we're getting both. Um, either one I would be fine with. Both of them give mid-range decks a little push that i think they need right now
0: both of them require you to play islands both of them require you to play islands this is rough for you yeah i can't i can't see you going from jund to sultai like i don't know
1: well i mean jund has dropped the red so yeah (laughs) who's what's saying jund doesn't pick up some islands the rock
0: jund without the red
1: (laughs) you heard it here first
0: (laughs) well we still have the, the the time that bowman almost died when someone said what are you playing he's like oh i'm playing john so that's just death shadow without the death shadows <laughs> yeah. i was like oh no death Shadow, you've gone so- i mean john you've fallen so far yeah like you're you're just no bad Death shadow like what has happened so my number one is a card that i've never understood why we don't have okay and it's super innocuous okay it's wild growth from the beginning
1: yeah, that's kind of weird. It, me and you talked about this a little bit a couple yeah. weeks ago, I think. Like,
0: you have like Utopia Sprawl, which is one green, in Channel forest, mm-hmm. name a color, and your your land makes an additional type, color I mean of that type when you tap it. Yep. Uh, Wild Growth just says in a land, tap out of extra, when you tap it, out of extra green. Yep. And it's a way to ramp. Mm-hmm. It's one of those cards that I've just never understood why it's too good. Yeah. Right? It's, I don't think it's it is. It's less fragile. It's less fragile than an elf, yeah. but can't attack or block. Yeah, I
1: mean, we already have Utopia Sprawl, so... We already have
0: Utopia Sprawl. Like, maybe having two of them enables the Ponza decks too well. Well, but
1: like, having both of them also enables the Enchantress deck that we were talking about yeah, earlier.
0: It gives you, like, a... Again, it might give you multiple... It might make... The Ponza deck had, like, three months in the sun, like, two yeah. years ago. We're like, oh, is this the best deck? It went no. away, no. Yeah, no. No. And then you had the... And it would, like, an enchanter. or something. Like, there would just be so many things you could do. And I think we just give people time to, like, mess with it. It's a card that was printed in, like, Alpha. Right. I, I bought some uh, Ice Age ones because those are the ones I remember most fondly. Mm-hmm. Like, and it had the black skull wonders. with the vine going through mm-hmm. them. Yep. I think I have some Unlimited ones, actually. Yeah, I might have a couple, too. But, like, it's just, it would just be a neat card that would do something... Different or kind of like push Mm -hmm. like a green ramp kind of deck, an Arbor off ramp deck into something. It doesn't have to be Inferno Titan and Stone Rains, it can be kind of whatever. Yep, but it'd just be something different. Um,
1: there's also been kind of I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but there's been kind of a push lately for the I guess they're calling it the green control deck. Have you seen this? No, where it's um like acidic slimes and acid moss and just Primal Command,
0: yeah. So basically, like all of the stuff from ponza without that the red. is not blood moon and stone rain yeah yeah In infernal titan like I, I guess you go get like prime time yeah <laughs> prime time someone that kind of like answers like you know some of the you have primal command is like graveyard hate plus mm-hmm. a way to go get like a big dumb idiot yep and then you have your other pieces i don't know it would some it'd be something different yeah and absolutely i think that's something that modern horizon should do it's
1: also kind of interesting that um Not all of the cards that we picked are Mythic Rare or Rare Power Level. No. Like, Wild Growth is a common.
0: Wild Growth is a common.
1: Um, I believe that Gerard's Verdict that I selected was an uncommon.
0: Where's that from? What set is that from? One of the old
1: ones, man. I don't remember. Odyssey, maybe? I don't know.
0: One of the old ones. Okay. We'll Um, look it up later. A card we didn't mention that everyone is losing their mind over is Containment Priest.
1: I don't know why we need it, but... I don't see the harm in including it either. Yeah,
0: I feel like Containment Priest is a response to the current metagame. Yeah, Dredge and Phoenix. Yeah, and oh no, we need another thing to do because these are too good. Yeah. And I think, I was telling someone at the store, I was like, I think six months ago, if Modern Horizons is coming out, no one would have said we need containment priest. Right. And I think six months from now, no one would say we need containment priest. Right. It's just this like point in time. Yeah. That we're like, oh no. It was a happy
1: coincidence.
0: Yeah. You know, six months ago, it would have been like, oh man, how do you beat humans? We got to beat humans. So we need a, we need wrath of God. Right. We need. Oh, we we yeah. have we have Day of Judgment, but we yeah. like, we need a three mana wrath to kill all these humans, and it's like, no, just give it time. Yeah. So, the format will fix itself yeah cannot be named by meddling mage it's like on the card yeah there you go like oh fixed it (laughs) we get to go to what was my happy place yeah but is now less happy full of sadness and tears and so we're talking about best of one arena
1: yeah i mentioned something uh to you in private um right around the time of the mythic invitational about how after watching this tournament like i didn't really want to play arena anymore
0: the mythic invitational did to the uh, best of one metagame what the pro tour does to the standard metagame yeah everyone who was on the fence about what deck to play picked
1: one of the three decks that was played at the mythic invitational
0: as as opposed to being like oh man so and so made like the top 16 with this like selesnia tokens deck maybe i should jam that yeah or oh. This guy jammed four chain in all of his decks. <laughs> oh cool, maybe that's the thing to do. They were like, "No, no. Everyone showed up with Esper, Mono White, or Mono Red." Yep. So, that is now our meta game.
1: Unfortunately.
0: And it is like super duper repetitive. Yeah. I played 174 games in Platinum last week. Made it to Plat 1, and my meta game was 20% mono red. So a little down from where it had been previously. Mm-hmm. 16% mono white. And 32% esper control. Whew. Now I didn't d- split out Dovin's acuity. First yeah. like the traditional like Teferi list because. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Some, sometimes they're dead too fast. Yeah. And you don't know. Sometimes you're dead too fast and you don't know. Well right. you know at that point. Right. So basically 70% of the metagame game, percent eight percent was those three decks yeah and so everything else is left to fight for 32 percent like that the next biggest piece was just like off meta stuff which a lot of it was like mono green there was some just guy control mm-hmm. but then everything else was basically non-existent gruel aggro was like six percent that was like the next kind of like named deck yeah that we, uh, that we saw. That's kind
1: of crazy, too, because we've both had some success with Gruul. Yeah, Ugo. I don't
0: know. Now, I spent my 174 games. I decided, like, hey, I'm going to, like, try to hard-target Esper and play, like, Carnage Tyrants. Yeah. And proceeded to just lose every game <laughs> I played against Mono White. And, like, I have not had luck this, this week with Gruel against Mono White. So that was platinum. Was, like, a third of it was Esper. Yeah. Now... You are down in in gold.
1: Yeah, with the plebes. With the plebes,
0: with people that didn't hit mythic last last uh, season. I'm probably gonna be there because like I'm I'm miserable. Yeah, like yesterday was awful.
1: I, I like I just want war to spark to drop, and I'm gonna start playing best of three. I can't yeah. I can't deal with this best of one stuff. I don't
0: one. know. It's is really hard because we were talking before the show. Matt Nass and LSV just did a, a video about best of one, mm-hmm. and we agree with them. They were saying. that it's not particularly skill testing right the number of games of best of one that i feel like i have very little if any agency in is super high yeah right it's like oh i play eight removal spells and my mono red opponent played a turn to uh runaway steamkin. i didn't have my removal spell they cast 10 spells the next turn and you lost And it's like oh like i didn't really play this game right or like, like, oh, did my mono white player draw exactly three lands and two three mana payoffs? Yeah. Oh, they did. I guess doesn't matter what I did. Right. Like, oh, I was on the draw with a chain whirler and they venerated Loxodon, <laughs> then cast Unbreakable Formation. Oops. Well, I guess I cast three spells this game. That yeah. that's good. Or oh, I got stuck on three and I drew four four drops. Right. I didn't like play. So there's a lot of that in platinum. It was like. All Esper, mm-hmm. all the time, and gold for you. The plebes were on all mono red all the time. There was so much red. So you played forty six games and saw thirty seven percent mono red. Yeah, eleven percent mono white, and twenty one percent Esper control. Still seventy percent of the meta. Yeah, was those three. Those decks. three decks, and then for you, like the the next like biggest part of the meta game was. Again, gruel. Yeah. Like, Gruul's like the number four, and it was 10%, but that's like your number four. Mm-hmm. It's these three decks, and then there's like a four that, like, Gruul has a reasonable matchup against everything for the most part. Yeah. But it's not like it has, it has game everywhere. Yeah. It's like 45 to 50% against the field. Yeah. But if your draw doesn't line up, yeah. Like, it goes to like 20%. Mm hmm. Right, like, if you keep a hand that's, like, Lava Coil, Lava Coil, and, like, reasonable spells, and your opponent plays a Hollowed Fountain... You're done. That game is done. Yep. Like, you can almost concede on the spot. Yep. There's right? no way you're
1: going to have more threats than they have answers Right.
0: For. If you keep a hand that is, like, uh, Skargon Hellkite and Rekindling Phoenix, right, If you're, and your opponent goes, like, goes Mountain something, like you yes. might be dead like you're oh, going to be dead like, before you get to play that Hellcat. guy i didn't have the two lava coil hand yeah if i don't draw an answer to this uh, steamkin i am going to like lose the game yep and you just like watch as your opponent just like makes 12 mana in a turn and you're like i know i was supposed to kill it <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't like i just chose not to kill it yeah or like your mono white against mono red so yesterday i played way too much it was not good for my health I got 64 games in. Yeah. One day. Yeah, that's a lot. In the morning, it was all mono red. I was 40% of the metagame was mono red. Mm-hmm. And I was playing mono right. And it was Fanatical Firebrand, kill your thing, chain whirler your board, over and over and over again. Yeah, I still managed like to be 50%. And I was like, I am going to play gruel mm-hmm. It got later in the day. I was like, I'm going to play Gruel, I'm just playing a bunch of mono white. I made mean, mono red as soon as I switched. I played all Esper. Played eight games against Esper in, like, four hours. Mm-hmm. And in two hours, I played eight games. Red went from being 40% of my meta game to 25%. <laughs> I think I played, like, two matches against Red after I switched to Gruel. That's crazy. And I was like, how, like, you can't even, like, make yeah. decisions. Like can would be like, oh, I think this deck will be good because you might just see. Yeah.
1: Well, like you mentioned earlier, you had listened to the uh, LSV yeah. Matt and Nass video. Mm-hmm um one of the points they make in that video is there aren't cards that overlap like the the same cards that are good against esper are not good against mono red and vice versa yeah you You can't have a deck with both
0: right like i think the example they used that was good against esper and maybe okay against mono red is like thought erasure yeah but it's not great and if you're playing thought erasure you're in esper colors right or you're at least two-thirds of the way there right you're Basically playing Esper. <laughs> yeah, I, I tried to play Saltai and ramp into Carnish Tyrants. It makes it so there are only like four cards in their deck that matter. Well,
1: hopefully, the... in a couple weeks, we'll
0: be playing uh, Nikki B. Yeah, then I'll be I'll be the bad guy who's just like who like they stick their to That's and they, cute, and they don't have and they don't have a counterspell, and yeah. you slam your Nicobolis and just kill it. Yeah, or just like tuck it for the rubbins. <laughs> <laughs> You're Like I want to use his ability and tuck it. Like <laughs> go. I could have nicked three didn't killed it, but I want you to play it again. Yeah. I'll so kill it next time. I can kill it next time. I want to know what your draw is in two turns <laughs> as this slowly ticks up. I feel like they need to, we were talking about this before, like there needs to be more cards that have more options. Yeah. So you're playing like sideboard type cards Yeah. Air in your main deck. You couldn't see me doing air quotes. Yeah. I'm not used to this non-video medium though. <laughs> Like Knight of Autumn, yeah, is a card that is okay against control because it like hits a search and it can be a four three. Yep, it's okay against aggro because it can gain you four life if you need it and or be it's a, a speed bump, decent blocker. Or it's a four three, yep. but it's not quite good enough at like all the things. Yeah. to make it like if it became like a four four or a three four, so it was like it didn't get chain world when right. you gain four life or it didn't get shot, it didn't get lightning struck when you the counters on it yeah maybe that makes it so it's a little bit better against aggro so i maybe, think they had
1: to be careful though because it's a night. they had to be careful about the night bonuses yeah yeah but it was like right at yeah. it's
0: like right at the level where like a few little knobs might have like yeah made like a green white deck more like mainstream every so mm-hmm. often you run into like a tokens. green-white tokens deck, or, like, I've seen some Militial Bugler yeah. decks that have, like, Tristani. But, like, there's just not... There's not enough things that are, like, broad answers. Mm-hmm. Oh, I agree. Uh, Bedevil, the same way, like... Or but,
1: the uh, the new card that we talked about earlier,
0: Ingress Rampage. Yeah. Now, the problem with those two is they hit the same things. Right. And you're in red-black. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they can't, like, have it, like, kill an enchantment or, like, right. gain you life or something. They could have it deal three damage and you gain three life or something. Discard could be a mode. Yeah there can't be like a really good artifact Mm -hmm. that gets played a lot because then you just play red black and you have like eight ways in your main deck to kill an artifact It basically no deck building cost there's this balance where if they make too many cards that are like these kind of flexible generic answers for best of one there's still like this whole paper world of magic yeah that red black now is going to be like like the red black from like Two um, cut, yeah. Yeah. Where like you couldn't play artifacts. Right. And you couldn't play one toughness creatures because it was just like upgrade your thing, chain world review. Yeah. All the decks kind of became the same because they had the like the best answers. Mm-hmm. And there's a risk of like going back to to that if they're not careful. Yeah. Cause I mean, on some level, the angras uh what is it? Angras Rampage. Angrass Rampage is a braid yeah it's close to right like oh you have like one artifact yeah Yeah. I need to get rid of that oh you have a creature right I need to get rid of that a planeswalker yeah yeah. where like you know a braid was like okay I can three a creature right you had more eight you had more choice so there were multiple things but like usually there's like one artifact Mm -hmm. they have to be careful because then they break best of three right I think play design is in a rough spot I think they were told to fix best of three yeah fix standard fix standard and they kind of did yeah
1: Standard, for the most part, was pretty good.
0: I don't think they knew they needed to fix... Best of One. Best of
1: One. Yeah. So like, I don't know that they need to fix Best of One. I don't necessarily agree that the focus needs to be on Best of One.
0: Fair. But, again, if they are looking at Best of One as a way to onboard players...
1: I, th- I think they can do things to make Best of One better, but I think... Part of what what fixes best of one is taking some of the focus off of it.
0: Yeah. And it depends on where they see Arena going. Yeah. And I'm guilty of this. I play most of my games best of one, Mm -hmm. either because I'm trying to successfully grind my way out of platinum. Yeah. Or, oh, I'm going to play like a quick game or two before we record the podcast. Right. There's no like big investment. But if, like, more people move to best of three because best of one is this, like, hillscape of three decks that you Mm -hmm. can't. Comes down to die roll. Right. And, like, pairings lottery. Yeah. Right. I mean, on some level, like, best of one is kind of, like, modern that everyone complains about. When it's, like, my combo deck's going to try to do its thing by turn four. And your combo deck's going to try to do its thing by turn four. And they don't get in each other's way. Right. They just two ships passing in the night. It's like, hey, I'm going to try to kill you. By turn four, so you can't Kaya's wrath me. Right. I hope I get there. And you're like, Oh, I hope I like Kai's wrath you and have an empty board and stick it to Ferry." All right, cool. And then like the game like effectively ends. Yeah. Or if you're the white tech, ends. <laughs> or like you're mono red and you're like, well, I guess hand, I gotta burn you out now. Yeah, like my, my hand is like three creatures, two lands and two burn spells. All right, cool. Like yeah. I'm gonna try to deal you twenty before you can do anything else. Yep. It's not interactive. Mm-hmm. As much as it could be. Right. It's not really interactive at all. Yeah. Like, there is so much of it that is, like we said, not skill testing. Like, like you're like, oh, I made no decisions. Yeah.
1: and I mean, the decisions that you do make are the same every game, too. It's not like you're being presented with new challenges you have to work through you're doing the same thing every game
0: for the mono white deck you're like all right like i should play a 2-1 here to get in damage yeah but if they have firebrand just like owns me so maybe i play my o3 and if it's esper i will they will get to two and i will die yeah what do i do (laughs) and you just like roll the dice and you like see him out and you're like i've made a terrible choice (laughs) playing this 2-1 or you play the o3 and you're like You like play the odds. You're like, well, I've played like seven out of the last 10 have been mono red. Yeah. So clearly this is going to (laughs) be not, okay, we're dead now. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's rough. 64 games in a day was too much. I was emotionally broken. Yeah. That seems like a lot. Yeah. It was a little, a little much. Yeah. Well, with that, that's kind of our arena take is you're going to play one of three decks and there's no hard counter for any of them. Yeah, unfortunately. So good luck. Yeah, <laughs> and if you do come up with a deck that like owns mono red somehow, some way, the ma- the arena gods know, yeah, and then you just like play a pile of Esper. And you're like, oh, I should switch to the deck that beats Esper. And then it's just all mono-red. And then red. it knows you switched. Yeah, the paranoid part of me is like, there's got to be something <laughs> about this. Like, how do you go from playing all mono-red? And it might be, like, time of day. Yeah, it could be. Where, like, on the weekend, I would think it would matter as much. You know?
1: I, I do play most of my games in the morning. I play most of mine in the evening. Yeah, I I usually wake up, like, an hour and a half early for work. And get, like, an hour of playtime in before I go to work in the morning. Gotcha. Um, so i think that that does skew my results a little bit i have noticed that even when we were like close to the same uh ranking Mm -hmm. um the results that i were entering were different than the results that you were
0: yeah i don't know if like there's like a secret cabal of like japanese players that only play esper with like american sounding names (laughs) like like dr dude 69 yeah and like (laughs) it's like oh it's like the morning in japan so it's like all esper yeah like i don't know like What's going on, or if it's like I could see, like, during the week, like, what's after work, and like the old timey people that have jobs, yeah, or like just, just want home. to play like control decks, yeah. But Saturday morning was just like red, and then yeah. Saturday night was not, or Sunday night was not, yeah. And it's just like, and it was the same way Saturday, too, mm-hmm. like, it was just like all one kind of deck, and then it got dark, and it was all Esper. <laughs> and it's like, how, how they does only come happen? out at night? Apparently, <laughs> apparently, the swamp powers, yeah. I think that is everything, right.
1: Yeah, let's uh remind our listeners to if you want to take part in our game.
0: Hashtag C T H game.
1: Or you can email us at casualtryhardmtg@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Yeah. Um, send us a screen cap of your shopping cart from some place that is doing pre-sales. We will reevaluate closer to core twenty twenty. We have not found a good way to re-up, so whatever your cart is in the beginning is what it is at the end we'll uh, evaluate and pick a winner for our super secret special prize that we have selected. Yes. We also want to give a couple shout outs uh, to some friends of ours that I guess we've started a trend and we have a bunch of podcasts popping up in the area
0: we do we do we got in early got in on the ground floor of the myrtle beach podcasting yeah so. we, are, we are the godfathers <laughs> of myrtle beach podcasting.
1: i mean we might as well be right so uh chris and hayden are some friends of ours that run the very good comic podcast out of uh, myrtle beach games and comics um so if you like comic books check their show out and there's also some friends of ours uh, sean and d are running a board game podcast that i believe is starting next week okay um it's called rowdy with a chance of meeples
0: yeah so i had to ask meeples are the little wooden dudes yeah. and dudettes that uh get like used in board games that are just yeah. like random placeholders yeah they're just like generic colored figures or whatever red yeah. blue yellow so you've learned a new word meeple meeple <laughs> so there we go And check their podcast yeah. out when you're tweeting the game stuff at us it's at casual tripod hashtag CTH game. Yep. You can post it on Facebook. Sure.
1: Post it on Facebook. Uh, send it to us an email. However you want to get it to us, just get it to us.
0: And we will be playing too. So if we win, we get to keep our swag. Uh, And no? uh, if
1: we win, we can give our swag away. It's fine. Fine,
0: fine, fine. <laughs> but we are going to rub it in your face though. Yeah, we'll like, we'll sign the swag like a loser. Sure. <laughs> 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 Not as good as us. All right. And with that, we'll
1: catch you at FNM. Yep. We'll catch you guys at FNM.